Pollock trying to steer around, picked off, centered, they score! Feather back over to Manny, splits the defense, his shot, he scores! Back in his own end, there was Shillington, hard collision, BL, centering feed, they score! This is Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Hello and welcome to Solar for America Ice. It's Cuda Confidential installment number two. Nick Nolenberger here with Joey Goldstein. Well, last week was fun. I think we had some, yeah. some pretty good responses. Yeah, People I liked enjoyed it. it. It was entertaining. Uh, so we're going to do it again. You know? I'm excited. I look forward to this day every week. Yeah, now I'm excited too. It's fun. But happy Halloween to everybody. Um, I hope you already have a costume. Hope you got something good. If you don't have a costume already, that's like last minute shopping. That's like shopping on Christmas Eve. It can be tough. There's there's probably not a lot available. You had to, you know, the nearest yeah. uh, costume store or Halloween store, the ones that kind of just pop up the, the month prior to Halloween. What but is it? There may not be a whole lot uh, left. Spirit, Spirit Halloween. Spirit. Yeah. No Man, free ads. They're good. <laughs> no free ads. Those, that company is so good at filling like vacant buildings. It's incredible. Yeah. It's the same spot every year, I feel like. They must but have people that they send out like six months prior and maybe. Uh, start looking for vacant buildings that they could, they could fill for like two months. That's potential. But hey, you know, we're, we're sitting here, we're talking about Halloween costumes and I'm sure people have seen them on social media, but uh, our guys kind of went all out for their Halloween party a couple days ago. We had some great costumes. Um, my personal favorite, I, I enjoyed seeing Keaton Middleton and Alexander True, two guys who are north of 6'4", dressed up as minions. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, we had some, some, a couple guys dressed up as uh, Blades of Glory characters, the figure skating movie with Will Ferrell. Uh, we, there, were, there were some good ones. A couple guys really went all out. We had Jigsaw from Saw, and he was Thomas Gregor. He's full-blown, head-to-toe. He, even had, he was riding the tricycle the whole time. They, it was the the costumes look pretty good. So if if you have a chance to check those out on social, let us know which ones you like the best because uh, and those are my favorites personally. So I am a big Halloween guy. I feel like you got to go all out. I mean, it's exp- it gets expensive though, so you kind of got to com- commit a little bit to yeah, it. Yeah, a little bit. Depending, it's all about navigating. If you go early, you can kind of hit up some. If you got a right idea, some thrift stores. I've got to get some. Ca- I've got to get candy. I, I, I moved recently, <laughs> and now that I'm in, like, an actual neighborhood as opposed to an apartment complex, my doorbell is going to ring for three straight hours, so I need to go get some candy before I go home. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to uh, – let's recap on what happened last week. Yeah, let's talk hockey. I don't think, I don't think it could have been a much better road trip. I mean, you go into a San Antonio situation, a San Antonio team, who at the time had lost seven in a row, but they had three guys down on conditioning assignments – and, I mean, the lineup they had going into Friday's night game, Friday night's game, the coaching staff joked about it. This is going to be the best lineup we see all season. And uh, it, was a, it was a tight checking game. There wasn't, a little, wasn't much offense. I think San Antonio, what they've struggled to do all year is create offense themselves. They've had trouble scoring near the bottom of the league in goal score. And that same kind of thing bit them on Friday as they get just one past Yosef uh, Koronash. But San Jose gets some timely scoring. Um, they score the game's first goal in that second period. Francis Perandis continues his red-hot tear. And then you go into the third, and San Antonio gets the equalizer and a little bit of lady luck as you, you get a, a, a dump-in attempt by Kyle Wood that hits off a stanchion, comes to Matt Fontaine, 
and San Jose is able to put it in the back of the net. It's, it's really the way two teams are going right now. Everything seems to work out for San Jose. For San Antonio, it's just everything's going south for him. The Rampage did turn around and win on Sunday against the Chicago Wolves, 3-2. So they are back in the win column. That snaps an eight-game losing streak. Um, but San Jose will, will uh, take on San Antonio again this weekend. So um, a quick turnaround will wrap up the two-game season series. The Blues did recall all three players they had on conditioning assignments, um, Gunnarsson, Sashnikov, and Fabry. They also recalled Vili Husso, the netminer. So we'll see what we get. There's still several you know, days in between now and Friday when the Barracuda take on the San Antonio Rampage. But um, we'll start on game one. Got to like the way the team, you know, came out. And it was a different win, I think, than they've had the entire year. I know a lot of these wins have been pretty comfortable. You go to Saturday night, that was a comfortable win, 6-1 over Texas. Friday night was one of those kind of dogfights, slug it out, war of attrition in San Jose. Give them credit with a young team there, but to find a way to win the game. Yeah, you talked about the Fontaine goal, and it's they don't ask how it goes to the back of the net. You know, as long as it gets there. That's the biggest thing, and it's just a fortunate bounce that happened to go our way. But for a, a rampage team that struggled a bit, they didn't play like a one and eight team. I mean, they played us pretty well, and uh, you had to give credit to you know, Joseph Coronash played outstanding as he has been playing all year, and I, I think that was your your biggest piece. It's nights like that where the offense maybe isn't getting going too much. It's important to have you know that last line of defense, your goalie be your best player on the ice, and I thought he was the best player on the ice for San Jose. Not overly tested in the game, Kordash. He faced uh, faced, tw- faced 27 shots, so, you know, he was. But I think what, what's what been so impressive from Kordash, and we'll, we'll hear from him and Antoine Bebo um, in the podcast today, is just his composure. I mean, this is a young kid that played one year in the USHL. Um, he goes back to the Czech Republic, um, didn't play a lot last year, no. got in just nine games. Um, and I know Evgeny Nabokov was extremely excited about what, you know, this kid could be. The Sharks had an opportunity to draft him two years ago. They liked him a lot, but they decided not to use a pick on him. And then they signed him just a couple days later as a free agent at development camp. Um, I mean, he has been stellar this year. It, yeah. which is, you, you have depth at goaltending, and you're going to have success. They talk a lot. Of, you talk a lot about rookies, and a lot of the emphasis gets put on the forwards and the defense when the guys are going to put up points and things like that. A lot of the time, you forget about the rookie goaltenders when you talk about how great some of the new guys have been. Uh, he's been one of, if not the top rookie in the league this year so far as far as having an immediate impact. I, he's been fantastic. Absolutely. And you know what? It's great for for Bibbs as well as an all-star last year and continues um, a, a dominant start. I mean, the goaltending has been tremendous. Uh, Kornosh at the top for all rookies. People at the top for you know all goalies pretty much for, for yeah. guys who have played Five or more games, Bebo's numbers are the best in, in all the American Hockey League. Three, one, and one mark so far. But, you know, he had to carry a lot of the load last year once the team traded Troy Grosnick. And I know he had some nagging injuries um, throughout the season and, and just fit from a physical standpoint was a bit worn down at times last year. And to have another guy that they could rely on and go to every other night, I mean, this is a, a bit of a goalie by committee at this point. You, one guy gets a start, then he's got a night off. These guys know where they stand, and there's no ego right now. They seem to get along. And, uh, I mean, it's the type of guy that Bibbs is, but um, it, it's been great to see the, the kind of relationship that the two goaltenders have built as well. 
we talked about it last week. It's healthy competition, and that's what the organization's built from top to bottom. It's, it's having that competitiveness between you know, whatever position it may be. But you're right, the goalies, they get along really well. And I think the biggest thing for, for Bebo is he's healthy. And you said last year he battled through a couple of things towards the end of the year, but he is healthy now. They are splitting some time here early on in the season. I think that's a lot of that has to do with playing a lot of back-to-back games, and those can be tough for, for any goalie in general. Uh, so who knows if, if something like that changes throughout the year. But right now, uh, as a fan of the team, as somebody who enjoys watching these guys, I, I have no issues with the way that things are being split or anything like that. It's It's been great to watch both of them excel and they're both near the tops of the league. Bebo tops the league and save percentage goals against goals allowed. And Corin Ash leads all the all the rookies in that category as well. So we're very fortunate to have uh, two good guys on the back end who can help us if for some reason, you know, we, we're having trouble finding the back of the net. They can keep us in just about any game we're in. Well, I talked to uh, the broadcaster for the San Antonio Rampage. He just he's doing a, a couple games this year, not on a full time basis. But Dan Weissen, you know, he he didn't have a great familiarity with his team just because he is now the pre and post game host for the San Antonio Spurs. But he talked about um, with the rampage they've had trouble just finding that guy you can kind of create on his own to score goals um they had Robbie Fabry for a couple games he did get a shorthanded goal against uh, Rockford in the one of the two games that he played but they just don't have that guy you can create and I think for San Jose I wouldn't say necessarily they have a bunch of guys who are going out there and kind of doing it all on their own but everybody's been able to contribute this year so far I mean you're getting depth scoring game winner from Fontaine the next night, you go to Texas, game winner from Keaton Middleton. These are two rookies that hadn't scored prior to that point, and you're, you're getting production up and down the lineup. And so far, that seems like that's one of the major differences between a Barracuda team that's at the top of the league and at the top of the division and a San Antonio team that just can't get out of their own way right now. Yeah, and that's another thing we talked about a little bit last week. They, can't, they haven't been able to find that one guy who's going to step up and start really taking the lead of that organization. We listed off a couple names, guys who we expected to kind of come in and, and score some goals, guys who are early round picks, and it's they just haven't found that. And going back to what they've had, Dan Weiss put something out on Twitter that when we played them that night, their lineup had 2,752 combined NHL games. The Barracuda had 90 on their roster for that game. So they had a ton of experience, which... Again, looking back at the way Coronash played and even the way we played defensively, to hold that many NHL games, uh, that much experience to such a little production, it says a lot about you know, what this team has. And that's, that's a tremendous stat because you say 90 games for the Barracuda. 88 of those are John McCarthy's. Right. 88. That, that's tremendous. So that's been another thing this year, I mean, which has been so remarkable. I mean, this is such a young team. And there's been one guy this year that's went up and down, that's Dylan Gambrell. And as you look at the lineup, you always think at the start of the year, okay, we've got a good team, but who are they, who's the big club going to take from us? Mm-hmm. Where are their holes? Who's probably going to get plucked at some point, depending on production? There's not a lot of guys. You know, Just the way everything is set up, there's so much depth up top. You go back two years ago, and you had 11 different players playing the National Hockey League. And that was doing part of, of the you – know, how many talented players were down in the AHL, but there was also a lot more holes with the Sharks, right? You don't call guys up right. if you don't need them. And Gambrell's only played one game so far up with the big club. They've recalled him several times. Um, but I think that's the most exciting part of this is this team is probably going to be pretty much intact for the entire year. Yeah, I had this conversation with Dan Rusinowski yesterday 
in the office and we were kind of you know, talking about what we liked about this team and how it stacks up to the team we had two years ago. I, they're very, very similar. I think the biggest difference is that team had a lot of guys who were NHL ready, guys who just couldn't crack the lineup for whatever reason because of depth issues, which is similar to what we've got this year. There's a lot of depth, so guys obviously can't crack the lineup. This team's a lot younger than that one was, though. So these guys may not be NHL ready right now, but we've got the same number of guys who will have NHL jobs at some point in their career. So the talent is there, the potential is there, and, and that's what we're seeing. That's what all the fans are seeing as they're coming out to games. I mean, we've been off to a real hot start, so hopefully it's something that continues to carry over. Absolutely, absolutely. And you, you tweeted, too, about the hot start. I mean, there's no doubt this is a fun product. And for people who haven't got on board yet, you know, it's now. It's, what are you waiting for? The time for? is now. And this Friday is $2 beers, $1 hot dogs, free parking if you have four or more. I mean, we've gotten rid of every excuse in the book. We're living in Silicon Valley, which we all know is one of the, one of the, the if not the most expensive places in the country. There is nowhere you can find entertainment at this price point. And entertainment is exciting as this, too. I mean, this team flies. They're fast. They fit the modern game. I mean, this is w what a great job the Shark scouting staff has done. I mean, they pick certain players, not just on the ice from their skill set, from their speed and the way they play the game, but also high-character guys. I mean, there's so many good young kids in this locker room. There's no bad apples. And, uh, you know, when teams get along off the ice is when they also find a lot of success on the ice as well. Yeah, and it seems like there's this stigma that comes with a minor league team they say oh it's minor league it's not going to be that great you know they got to do all these tacky promotions now don't get me wrong we're going to do these tacky <laughs> silly promotions because they're fun and that's what people enjoy but a big difference i mean you look at a team like the guys next door the san jose giants i, I love going to those games they're a lot of fun but the the compete level as to where the barracuda are at in relation to the nhl versus where the San Jose Giants are in relation to the San Francisco Giants. It's night and day. These guys are literally on the doorstep. San Jose Giants, they got a little ways to go before they get up to the show. These guys, I mean, we, like we said, Gambrell, is, he's kind of on the bus back and forth. One day he's here, one day he's there, one day he's here, one day he's there. And there's going to be guys like that all throughout the season, and it's been that way since we got here. You can't, there, there is nothing like a Barracuda game especially if you live in this area, if you're looking for something fun to do, you're crazy not to be checking this out. And we're pretty confident that once you do come to these games, you're going to have fun. You're going to want to keep coming back. Yep. So it's getting those people in the door and it's spreading the news about who we are, what we got going on. And so many of these guys are young. They're all on their entry-level deals. So if they do get called up, you know, there's a lot of flexibility. They don't have to clear waivers. So the organization has no problem with calling them up, sending them out, calling them up, you know, doing that a million times. Touching on the, the three players that were recalled back up to St. Louis, you can only send a guy on a conditioning assignment one time during the year. Right. So they just burn that, right? And, and so if you're, if you're in a San Antonio situation, you're not going to see those guys again. But so many of these guys are on entry-level deals. I mean, I, I can't think of really one that's not. Unless you're, unless you're on an AHL deal, um, I pretty much everybody covers, the, if you're on a two-way deal, it's probably an entry. That's yeah. how young this team is. So if you want to see guys play both for the Sharks and the Barracuda, maybe there's not as many this year as there's been in the past, but you can see a guy play for the Sharks. The Sharks played a night against the Rangers yeah. or played last night against the Rangers. And a guy could be up and then he could be down. I mean, it's just there's a revolving door. And if, you're, if you're a Sharks fan you're, and you're passionate about this team and this organization, and if you haven't checked out a Barracuda game yet... I, 
you're crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. <laughs> I, I love all you guys, but you're nuts. I, you can come watch literally the next crop of great sharks here in your building, in your backyard, and come watch the greatest, you know, this is the second best league in the world, the American Hockey League. Come watch these guys play because they're not going to disappoint you. Whether it's a one nothing game where it's a absolute goalie-dominated game, or you get a game like we had the other day where it's 6-1, it's going to be entertaining. So if come, why not come check it out? It's not a lot of money. It's not going to break the bank for you to bring out you, the whole family. And yeah, like you said, Friday, $2 beers, dollar hot dogs. What better way to kick off the weekend? Absolutely. And if you if you like to go to Sharks games and you don't have an opportunity to sit in the lower bowl or get those really good seats, I mean, there's a lot of general admission uh, seats. There's a lot of flexibility. I mean, the price point is much different. Um, it's all lower you, bowl seating. Yeah. I mean, we, we're all Sharks fans here. We're all going to go to Sharks games. But uh, I think there's something special about seeing guys even before they make that step, you know, even yeah. before they get up to the big club. Absolutely. Um, a couple guys that I, I you know, is we'll, we'll kind of shift back to just some individual players. We, we talked about the goaltenders. Um, and we also I want to touch on um, two guys. Is, we've talked about Francis Perron a lot this year. And, and, you know, obviously in the way he started with, with his 10 points and his five goals. You know, he had just four goals last year in 44 games. He's already got five goals this year in just nine games. He leads the Barracuda in goals. He co-leads them in goals and points. Um, he scored again on Friday. It turns out to be the first goal of the game. San Antonio would tie the game, but it comes on the power play, so he leads San Jose in power play goals. But another guy who's come in and having a great start to his year is Kyle Wood. Kyle Wood with back-to-back multi uh, assist nights over the weekend in Texas. He now has four uh, multi-assist games this year. He leads the Barracuda in assists. And, and Kyle Wood was a guy that came over. He knew what type of player he was from the Tucson Roadrunners last year. He comes over in that Adam Haluka trade. I mean, there's a lot of potential, a lot of work with, it, a lot to work with with his size and his ability. And two years ago, being a you know an all rookie member, um, I think it's exciting though to see Kyle Wood kind of you know hitting his stride right out of the gates and producing with that, that combination of him and Jake Middleton that have become a shutdown pairing, but Wood's also picking up points as well. And that's what, you, that's what you want. You want a pairing who can contribute on both ends of the ice. Wood's another one of those guys who maybe last year you know, found himself on the outside looking in, needed to get, just needed a change of scenery, similar to the way Perron got that coming out here in the, in the trade. It, I mean, it's paying off. And we, we talked about it a little bit last week how he, Kyle Wood is impressing every time he goes out there. He's a guy who will likely pe- play 78 games for us, or 68, however many it is, unless he gets hurt or gets recalled. He's going to be a guy who's in the lineup every night. He's so consistent, and he's, he's finding ways to make the most of his play. And I think him and Middleton play well off each other, and they bring the best out of each other. Uh, it's... It's been fun to watch. I'm excited to see him continue to progress throughout the year. Yeah, there's so many players that you can go down the list, but just Kyle Wood was a guy I kind of want to circle just because, you know, coming into a new situation, kind of looking for a restart to his career. I know it didn't it quite end in the desert the way he wanted it to, but sometimes, you know, new scenery for a guy uh, can mean all the world to him. And so far, you know, eight points in nine games from the back end. And again, as the top pairing with Jake Middleton, um, 
you know, Coach Sommer talked about it a couple weeks ago when, when the Barracuda were taken on the Stockton Heat. There's a lot of offensive components with Stockton, um, and they were trying to line match as much as possible to get that Kyle Wood line out there, or Kyle Wood defensive pairing with Jake Middleton. Something maybe you wouldn't say a couple years ago, even last year with Kyle Wood, you know, that was maybe one of his issues was worrying about his, his own end as much. I mean, he, he had some and flashed a lot of offensive ability, but, you know, worrying about his own end before he moved forward uh, maybe was the issue, but so far that hasn't been. He, he's tops of the team in plus minus, which is, it was a, which is a stat that some people, you know, say, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But still, I mean, I think that's just a sign of the way he's begun his season. Um, looking at the standings, the Barracuda will take on the San Antonio Rampage this Friday and then the Stockton Heat on Monday before going out to Tucson, which I'm excited for that trip because that'll be a good measuring stick. Tucson's not going anywhere. No. You know, as well as the Barracuda have played, Tucson's just two points behind them and they played one less game. So they're right there, almost an identical record, an 813 save percentage, or save percentage, winning percentage compared to San Jose's 833 winning percentage. So, you know, this has been an equally impressive Tucson start. Couple games ahead, we don't want to look too far ahead, but uh, that'll be a fun trip. Yeah, and it's, I said it right before we jumped on the podcast, we were looking at the standings. I just said, go away. They're not yeah. going to go away. They're <laughs> going to be there, whether they're right ahead of us or we're right ahead of them. One team's going to be chomping at the heels of the other for the entire season. And it's what happens when there's a lot of talent and there's not a lot of, there's just not a lot of spots available with the big club. So they're going to be a team that we compete with all year. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't see them as much as some other teams. Uh, but I would expect, should we get into the playoffs, it's going to be a team that we're going to have to go through to to reach that ultimate goal of you know, raising a Calder Cup. They're, they're not going away anytime soon. So it'll it'll be a good trip for sure. Yeah. I know I know you're excited, obviously, to get back to Tucson. <laughs> yeah, you, you, Always fun. You enjoy Always being, fun. Uh, being down there. So. Yeah, got out there last year, back to uh, the old stomping grounds where the alma mater is at. But it's a little different when you don't have friends there. You know, I haven't been yeah, there for about four years, right. but it's fun. It's definitely fun to it's see It's always nice school. when you know the area. Good to know the area. Good to see the colors. I haven't even checked if the football team is going to be in town. Not, not going not to throw my football team. Big win. They big, that was a big win. I think it was, was it homecoming? I don't know if it was homecoming. Yeah, homecoming's about this time. The thing is with uh, Arizona football, how I, you know, it's, you just never get your hopes up because as soon as you start getting excited is when they let you down. It's tough. So, it's fun. That was fun. So, that would be a fun trip. Um, it's going to be a good test. I think, you know, San Antonio, they're 2-8. and eight. This has been a tumultuous start for them. I don't think they're that bad of a hockey team. You know, it's just the way the thing, you know, the thing has kind of went for them to start the year. Um, they've had trouble scoring goals. Just 19 goals scored. You know, that's... Puck luck, that's right? Sometimes the bounces the go your way. But, yeah, you look at the goal that Fontaine scored... I mean, when does that happen? I, I asked Fonts after the game. I said, was that the easiest goal you've ever scored in your life? And I talked about it a bit on the broadcast. Um, and he, he chuckled. He goes, yeah, that was, the, that was probably the easiest goal I've ever had. And then he goes, wait a minute. Last year in juniors, I had a breakaway on an empty net, and I got tripped. And I didn't score, but they gave me the goal. So he's like, I guess that would be the easiest because I didn't actually score. No, no, it doesn't count. But if you yeah. didn't actually put the puck <laughs> in the back of the net, that doesn't. I mean, they may give you a goal on the score sheet, but you didn't actually score that one. So... We'll say this was probably the easiest one he's ever scored. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was uh, I mean, give him credit. It was getting in on the forecheck. Puck comes right to him, and he puts in the open net. It turns out to be the game winner. Shifting our attention to the following night in Texas. You know, that did not start out well. I don't know if you saw the start to that game. But, I mean, that was the first real time this season. I mean, it lasted less than two minutes. But it was the first real time where, where the Barracuda were really on their heels. You had a team just forcing 
you know, the, the pace of play right off the jump. Right. I mean, Texas had three or four great A's, I thought, right off the bat. And then they ended up getting a goal on a deflection from uh, Gurionov, shot from the point that Michael Mersch, former Ontario, ran out like King, is able to tip through uh, the five-hole Antoine Bebo. So you're thinking, uh-oh. I mean, you know, you're coming off a, a nice solid win the night before. You know, you got in kind of late. All the guys were staying up and watching the World Series. No morning escape. You thought, I don't know, maybe this is just going to be one of those games. HEB Center is a tough place to play, but they didn't wait long to, to respond, get a goal back, and after that, they just ran with it. Yeah, I was, you know, I was one of those guys as well. The night before, I was watching the World Series, <laughs> all 18 innings, uh, and then I, I admittedly jumped in late to the, the game against Texas because um, I got caught up watching the, the Red Sox game again. Uh, by, the time, it is. By, <laughs> by the time I turned it on, uh, it was two to one and just, so I, I, I missed the, the obstacles that they faced right away, but watching from that point on, it was a dominant showing. Um, and it, it helps, you know, we had Jaden Hovgawaks, Latunov, both those guys kind of helping lead the way a little bit. Those two rookies, they're tops of the league, uh, Tops the league when it comes to goals scored uh, as far as rookies go. And then points-wise, uh, Hopkawaks is in the top two as well uh, as far as overall points go for rookies. So how, seeing those guys continue to produce help, but watching, you know, seeing the highlights of Middleton's goal and then exploding for, what was it, four in the second period. They put on a clinic, chase a goalie early on. That hasn't happened yet this year. Uh, for a team that Texas, who we expected to be pretty good, didn't look that solid. Well, I think I think Texas is a good team, but I mean, absolutely. I mean, they were on their heels. Yeah. I mean, they were their their goaltending situation was a bit of a struggle. Um, point was this: he was, you know, it was one of those nights for for sure. But you know, you pull the goalie, you get a goalie change, and then you know, Landon Bow comes in and Max Latunov scores on his first, first shot. shot. So, um, yeah, it was the start was. It was tough. It was sluggish, but it lasted just a couple minutes because you get the you know the equalizer from Hogwarts and then and then Keith Middleton scores and then the route was really on. You know you get a four goal second period and uh, you know Texas really had no chance to get back on that hockey game. But that's a tough building plan. The Barracuda didn't win last year in the two games out there. Um, so that I, you know I asked Coach uh, Sommer before the game, is this going to be a measuring stick? And you know he gave a, a little bit of the cliche answer: all these games are measuring sticks. There's no easy opponents, but to go into Texas, a team that was coming off a Calder Cup championship appearance last year, um, a lot of returners, you know, some some, some big prospects, uh, including uh, Gurionov, who scored in six straight games, a former first-round pick for, for the Dallas Stars. Um, Rope Hints, another, you know, top pick that they really like. Um, and, yeah, it was a – it really was – ended up being quite the dominating performance. Um, they're, that, a team, they're a team, too. They've always given us some trouble. Texas has always been a tough opponent for whatever reason. Maybe it is because we don't see them too often, or it's, maybe it's just because they're usually pretty talented. But they, they always seem to play us well. Those games were always hard fought. It's never – I mean, aside from this past weekend, I don't know if there's ever been a, a big blowout game like this when we've played against them on, on either side. Yeah, I don't think there has. I'd have to go back and look. Um, I don't remember one. Certainly one not there. Certainly one not in Texas. Texas, the games in Texas are always close, but the Stars just somehow find a way to, to either force it in overtime and get a win or win in regulation. I remember the Barracuda two years ago were in there, and they had to go late. They had a goal lead late, and Texans ended up tying it, and they, they won in a shootout. So it's a tough building play. So to get that uh, big kind of cushion, 
uh, was kind of, I think, loosened everybody up, relieved everybody, and the stars you could see in the third period. They were playing uninspired. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was they were tough done. to watch. I, it was, I mean, the third period, it seemed like even we kind of sat back a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of took our foot off the gas, but it looked like it was just they, they had no energy, no no motivation. It's like watching a, you know, a men's league game here at S4A. <laughs> when you get into the third period, everybody's just gassed and it's just tired. It's 11 o'clock. They're sick of being there. It's That's kind of what it looked like. Nobody had a lot of juice on that Texas team. Sometimes calling games like that in that that situation, you just feel like you're calling a ping pong match because it's like one team brings it up the ice, they dump it in, they'll make a change. There's no real hustle to get in on the forecheck. The other team brings it up, and it's like maybe a shot on net. The goalie will steer it into the corner, and you feel like you're just repeating yourself. But, um, hey, you'll take it when you're up 6-1. And it was a big – I thought it was an impressive win. Two, because you go into the night before, it's a close, you know, hard-fought game, and then the next night, you know, it, it wasn't really the case. So you get, you know, they both count as two points, but they certainly were in a different different fashion for sure. Um, you know, looking at the standings here, Barracuda, we mentioned it's a dogfight right at the top spot with Tucson. Jumping over the Central Division where San Jose played their two games, you know, going to Texas now that the, the Stars and, and the Rampage are part of the Central. Man, Milwaukee, they, they continue to roll. Milwaukee's been good. Chicago's been good. Iowa's been good. I mean, that That's Rockford, that, that division can end up being a bit of a dogfight, yeah. but obviously the one that jumps out to you is, is, is Milwaukee. Yeah. They've scored 39 goals, which I believe is tied for the league high. Obviously, they've got, uh, they've got some guys who can impress. Yeah. I know Troy Grosink was up. I believe he's still up with Milwaukee, with uh, Nashville, if I'm not mistaken. No, uh, backing not sure. up uh, UC Sorrows, I believe. He was there, I know, when, when the Sharks were there a couple weeks ago or a week or so ago. But, um, yeah, it's been a good start for Milwaukee. We will not play Milwaukee this year. We will, we will take on Iowa. And we'll also travel out to Grand Rapids again for the third straight year. You know, the Griffs, they're at the, they're at the seventh spot out of eight teams just above San Antonio. But Grand Rapids always starts out slow. Even yeah. the, the two years ago when the one that called a cup, they started out slow. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of clawed, them, clawed themselves back into the race. They did lose a lot of those veterans that kind of were sticking around over the last couple of years. Think of Ben Street, who think, uh, is in Anaheim now and is actually playing decent for the for and A couple uh, guys. Ducks, I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi's playing Bertuzzi's with, with Detroit now. And it's, yeah. That's kind of... That's what happens in the in the AHL, right? If you if you have a team that wins a championship one year, in most instances, the next year, they they have that that down year because a lot of those guys end up yeah. getting brought back up to make the show. The same thing if we had gotten there, the same thing would have happened to us. Yeah, it's what people you know. As much as you want to win and and win a championship, this league is a development league, and that's going to come first and foremost all the time. Yeah, so. It, it it makes a little bit of sense, but yeah, Grand Rapids it's that that's uh, a tough place to play too. Yeah, been there. T- fun building, uh, cool little city. They have a hot dog cannon. They have a hot dog. Cannon. I don't know if you know. We were out that a couple of years ago. It's, it looks like a t-shirt cannon. That's they got they really basically put in uh, like they put like a hot dog tight. costume on it, and they <laughs> stuff hot dogs <laughs> wrapped in tinfoil in their t-shirt cannon, and they shoot hot dogs into the crowd. It was one of the coolest things I've seen. I was absolutely mesmerized by it every time they brought it out onto the ice. Yeah. That's that's impressive. I'm surprised the thing doesn't explode in a piece. You got to make sure the intern's like really. He's got probably like a Chipotle style wrapping technique to make sure that yeah, I don't thing know. is. There were a couple times I feel like when 
they shot out the, the hot dogs. The whole thing just kind of exploded. So you got to definitely have people on the ice. There was, <laughs> that was a pretty good one. And then we were Grand Rapids as well. They had a, they had a proposal. I don't know if you could call it this. They had a proposal on the ice a couple of years ago during the they playoffs. Did. And it was a Zamboni driver yes. who was proposing. And his, his fiance at the time was sitting. She was like riding the Zamboni. And he gets off the Zamboni to propose, but he leaves the water running. Yes, I remember this. And it was right at, at center, center ice. ice. And hot water. Hot I mean, water. This is the Zamboni hot water. It just, that delayed the game a little bit. But, hey, you're excited. And you get a <laughs> you propose. I, I understand letting some things slide, but. Yeah, it started melting the ice. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. That was, Hopefully I they're still that. going strong. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, hey. Hopefully for him. He's, hopefully he's still driving his Zamboni. She, she liked the, you know, maybe that's what she liked originally. She, maybe they, maybe met her at the game. He's driving the Zamboni. They made eye contact and he figured, oh, I messed with a good thing. That's you possible. Know? That's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Get off the rails a little bit. <laughs> but I do look at um, Grand Rapids. This will be my final thought. Of, you know, there's been a change in the garden in Detroit. Zetterberg's out. You know, you mentioned Bertuzzi going up. Not only are, did they win and have success, but... You know, Detroit's in a rebuilding situation, and a lot of those young guys are up, you know, right. starting to play up there. Um, and then a lot of the guys, too, as you just look around the league, have, have kind of dispersed as well. Um, but, yeah, Grand Rapids, I think they'll probably probably get it together at some point. Just hasn't been a, been a great start for them. Um, but we did talk to uh, Barracuda goaltender Antoine Bebo, who's had just, just a stellar start to his season, um, following up an all-star campaign in his first year in San Jose last year. Just signed a one-year contract as a free agent, was a total unknown, um, playing out in the East uh, in the American Hockey League with the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. And, I mean, he has been quite the, the gem and find to just add to the depth in goaltending here with the Sharks organization. So far, Bebo this year with the Barracuda. In, uh, f- he's played in five games. He has a 3-1-1 one, one mark, a 1.75 goals against, and a 9.40 save percentage. He's allowed just nine goals in those five games played. If, if you're le- allowing less than two goals a game, you're getting it done. And if you're above a 9.30 save percentage, I mean, that's pretty darn impressive, too. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, it's been pretty you. good. And, you know, to follow it up, it's one thing to have a big year um, in the AHL like you did last year, um, get the team into the playoffs. It's another thing to follow it up. I think that's equally uh, as difficult, if not more so. And um, we spoke to, to Bibbs following practice today, and this is what he had to say. I'm feeling really well. I mean, like you said, I had a good season last year, but when I came to camp, I wanted to have a good camp and start a season on the right foot. And I think the whole team's been playing really well, so it's been it's been a lot of it's been great. He's a great kid, works really hard, and uh, like you said, we've been rotating right now. But it's good. We're it's early in the season, so we're uh, we're being smart in practices and just making sure we have a lot of energy in games. And it's been working really well for the both of us so far. It's good. A lot of guys, uh, like you said, are new, but we blend in really well together, and everyone's really close already. So it's it's great and you, you obviously want to have good chemistry because when you do it makes things easier and I think we, we really have something special right now so good stuff there from Antoine just you know talking about the start and the way that uh, his club has went the direction they have went um, it, it starts you know from the back end it starts with the goaltending position and San Jose has got strong goaltending from both Bebo and Kornosh this this so far this season um, they've had depth scoring up and down the lineup defense has been stingy um, that was a big uh, reason why the team had as much success as they did two years ago, was the dominating defense that they had on the back end. I mean, not only is it goaltending, goaltending uh, helps the, the defense, and the defense helped the goaltending. You know, it's, a, it's really a, has to be a, 
uniform type of thing, and that's uh, been the case so far. So Bebo has been excellent. It's been fun to watch his game. And it's fun. It doesn't matter who's starting. You know that you got a good chance to win. And uh, I asked Coach Sommer about that as well. You know, have you noticed the confidence just in the locker room when you, when you know that you've got two goaltenders? He said, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. It doesn't matter who they start. They know they have a chance to win. Yeah, the guys see that, and that's something that they've talked about uh, in their you know, post-game interviews with people. It's, they, they, don't, they aren't phased by who's between the pipes, whether it's Bebo or Cornash. They're all, it's, it's the same to them. They know they're going to get the best possible performance, and they know that all the, if they do what they need to do on their end of the ice, that the, the goaltending will speak for itself. Absolutely, absolutely. So a reminder this Friday, $2 beers, $1 hot dogs, parking four or more is free. If you don't have four, it's only 10 bucks. So don't Hockey worry fights about cancer night too. Hockey fights cancer night, that's a great point. And then if uh, you're unaware, we're honoring you know, the affiliate history this year. and We've got our first, you know, first affiliate night coming up in November. It's November 2nd on our, you know, our first game, our next game's in November. Can you believe it's already yeah, November? No, I mean, October came up quick. Oh November's coming up quick. Each month here is just going to fly by as we continue to go through the season. It's, uh, it, it's been nonstop, but we're, we're definitely excited. Obviously, Hockey Fights Cancer Night's always a good one. I know we got some guys on this team who that, that theme resonates close to home with them, um, for sure. We'll have some videos going during the game. We'll have I Fight For signs that fans can fill out uh, on the concourse. We'll lavender tape, lavender decals. We'll be changing some things on social for that day. So it'll be a fun little, fun little theme night for us. And hopefully we get a lot of people to come out and, and show their support, uh, not only for the Barracuda, but any you know, fighters, survivors, loved ones that they know who've been affected by cancer one way or another uh, kind of help us show our appreciation and, and support for those people as well. Absolutely. I think that's a great thing that hockey has done. Um, you know, much like football has done with pink, hockey has done with the lavender. I mean, everybody has somebody who's been impacted by cancer. Um, and this is a great night to, to support and continue to raise, you know, awareness. And that's just one of many fun promotional nights um, throughout the season. Uh, especially, Joe, our, our first one's going to be, uh, it's going to be Cleveland Barons night. That's right. I just want to touch on it real quick. Um, Sunday, November 18th, 5 p.m. Colorado Eagles. That'll be, I believe, the Eagles' first visit to San Jose, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the newest member of the Pacific Division. So that'll be fun. I can't wait to get those Barons jerseys on. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Complete rebranding. Re um, and then, we'll, you know, we're going to honor all the affiliates this year with, the, you know, with the Kansas City Blades, Kentucky Thoroughblades, Worcester Sharks, um, San Jose Barracuda. So, you know, we're covering them on. It's, that's going to be a lot of fun. But our first one is going to be in, you know, November 18th. So we're coming up pretty quick. Yeah, it is coming up quick. And then we're, we started our social push, you know, with some throwback images, some trivia images kind of surrounding uh, the Cleveland Barons. We're working on some video footage where we're, hopefully we can sit down with uh, Coach Sommer and Joe Will and potentially an alumni or two to kind of talk about their time in Cleveland to give fans here an idea of what those cities were like, what the teams there, what the fan base was like, some of their favorite memories, what kind of players they had on those teams. Really, we, we want to educate people and, and on the history of these affiliates, but the history of the Sharks as well. I mean, it's, Roy's been, was at, has been with all these affiliates with the exception of Kansas City, and he's been a major part of, of getting a lot of guys to the NHL over the years. We put something out the other day the, there was a year in Cleveland, it might have even been the lockout year, they had five guys playing defense for them that all went on to play for the Sharks. That's rare. Yeah. That doesn't happen very yeah. often. No, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. That's incredible. 
And then we'll, we'll also have the, the replica jersey giveaways too uh, as well. So, so lots of exciting things. We're, we're moving to a mobile bidding platform. So our, if you are Big familiar time. with our specialty jersey auctions in the past, we're changing things up a bit, making things a lot easier for fans to bid, uh, a lot easier setup-wise and kind of closing things out. But it'll give everybody an opportunity to bid, uh, whether you're at the game, on your couch at home, whatever it may be, um, other, other ways to get involved, which we're pretty excited about too. Absolutely. So. It's going to be, I'm, I'm excited for all those. It's going to be fun. And the giveaway jerseys too will be cool because people have some, you know, if, if you don't want to bid or, or you, you know, you can't afford a bid, you have an opportunity to take something home anyway. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, we spoke to Antoine Bio earlier. Um, his running mate so far, Yosef Kornash, as we mentioned, has been equally impressive. Kornash is 4-0 and with all four victories coming on the road. He hasn't even played a game at home yet, so he'll get his first Home start this Friday against San Antonio, um, you know, with the goaltender switching off every other game. So he's in, in uh, line to start on Friday. So we spoke to Yosef uh, following practice about his start. And it's our first uh, real time to get a chance to talk to him. We don't interview goalies before games, just, uh, you know, tradition, superstition. So an opportunity to talk to Yosef about his start and uh, how he's settled in so far here in San Jose. I started to play my game like I played years ago and that's fine, it's pretty helps me, the guys helps me a lot and I think it's a really good start for us for yeah, trying to do the thing he said me right away and I think it's he's pretty good goalie coach and he was go good goalie so he helps me a lot right now and the years year ago I was here for camps and that's helped me helps me a lot. You were here for development camp. You spent one year here in the USHL. So how was that one year, being in the USHL, just to acclimate to, to being here in North America? And has that helped the process already, being comfortable being stateside before? Yeah, that helps me a lot. A year ago, two years ago, that was really good Like for me. I was here just by myself, and I teach a lot of things. And that helps me a lot. And this was this is my second year here, so it's like eases for me. We'd like to thank uh, Josef Kornash for spending a little bit of time talking to us, chatting with us about his start to his year, uh, 4-0, trying to improve to 5-0 with his first home start uh, in the friendly confines of SAP Center at San Jose this upcoming Friday when the Barracuda take on the San Antonio Rampage affiliate of the St. Louis Blues on Friday night at 7 o'clock. I can't say it enough, $2 beers, $1 hot dogs. Come enjoy yourself. Um, it's isn't it a holiday? It's like a Halloween weekend. When you have a Halloween on Wednesday, it, does, it just carries over. I guess, kind of. Just keep wearing your... I don't know if you would call it the week before. Like yeah, into it or the probably week after. the week I would say before. the week before, because once you get in November, I mean, yeah. Halloween, that's all Thanksgiving focus. People have their ha their Christmas uh, decorations, their Hanukkah decorations out oh, that's by a big pet Thursday. That's a big pet peeve <laughs> of mine. All right, for, for all you people out there, all you fans who may put your your holiday decorations up uh, as soon as Halloween ends. Just just wait until Thanksgiving passes. Yeah, Black Friday, go yeah. nuts. Yes. Play, you can play all the, the holiday music you want. But un until Thanksgiving happens, let's, it just seems like each year it gets earlier and earlier and earlier. Yeah, it does. Just, it does. Just <laughs> wait a little bit. Enjoy Thanksgiving first. You know people first. do this? And this is no knock. If, you, if this is what you have, we'll, we'll wrap it up in just a moment. People, I feel like, who start putting their decorations out that early... They have an artificial tree because you aren't going to put a real tree out the month. So you, the, it's yes the artificial. And no. Yes and no. Okay, am I wrong? Art, okay. Ah, maybe Listen, I'm just maybe I'm I am, generalizing. I am, uh, 
I'm not super familiar <laughs> with Christmas trees, um, but I think when a lot of it is the decorations. Really, I know a big tradition for a lot of people, uh, at least a lot of people that I know or that I'm close with, family, friends who, who do put up Christmas trees. A big thing, a big tradition is going out the day after Thanksgiving and finding that tree. So they may put, put some lights and things like okay. that up earlier, but the tree can, can generally yeah, wait. It's got to wait. Um, Even if you get a tree right after Thanksgiving, I mean, that thing is dry within, you got to be on it with the water. Like I said, I don't know how, I don't <laughs> really, doesn't know much. I don't really know how I'm it works. Tell you I get, I get a Hanukkah bush <laughs> okay. that we get <laughs> and we kind of, we can maybe decorate <laughs> that, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not super familiar, but I know like you can, you, know the general. you can put it in, in water. Like there's the, the bases you can put them in water. They're messy though. The tree, the trees can be a mess. That's why I know yeah. a lot of, I mean, we asked the guys at media day. What do you prefer, a real tree or a fake tree? We had some guys go, they're, they're all about the fake tree. You know, they look less, good. less clean up. They look good. Throw a couple they of those. They still have the those, smell. Uh, it's like not as a thing. Yeah, but you take a couple of those car fresheners <laughs> that had that pine smell. You'd never know the difference. You'd never know the difference. Oh, my goodness. It smells nothing like, like the real thing. Okay. We'll, we'll stop. So much I know. That was good. That was but. good. So, yeah, I think we touched it all. It's going to be a fun weekend. Um, we'll have a couple games. We'll be able to re- recap Monday's game pretty quickly because, you know, we'll, we'll record podcast number three next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're off to the desert. But uh, it should be a good matchup this Friday against San Antonio. You can get your tickets sjbarracuda.com slash tickets. $2 beers, $1 hot dogs. Set it again. Why not? No excuse. So it should Barracuda be fun. Or hot. So have a safe Halloween. Right, everybody, yeah. kiddos, have fun. Um, you know, make sure to go trick or treat before it gets too dark. Stay out of the road. I know some of these cars are whipping around and little kids in their outfits. So stay safe. Enjoy your Halloween. Have a great weekend. We're out. Yeah, Barracuda hot. Start Barracuda spreading the news. Hot. Let yeah. people know. It's a return back home on Friday. All right, guys, take care. See ya.